Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I've just arrived in Istanbul ahead of the game between Fenerbahce and Manchester United. Uh, it's three hours to kick off and I realised that I was cutting it quite fine. The scheduled arrival time was three and a half hours before. But I've been to Istanbul, which is a great city, plenty of times. And the alternative with the flights for me was spending another 24 hours here. And it's just the time that I've, I've not got. I've got travel next week. And I chose to take the risk of arriving three and a half hours before kickoff. I've come out the airport, jumped in the first cab, and the taxi driver's saying to me that the traffic's horrendous. Istanbul is famous for having terrible traffic. And to prove it, he got a live map um, and showed me all the red lines. And he, he offered me an alternative route, and I thought, nah, that's a sting there. Where they take you to Greece and back, charge you four tonne. So we've worked out a compromise where he drops me off at a metro station. Um, and well, I'm, I'm just in his hands really. I've got to put an element of trust into this fella, but being short of time, there wasn't really another way of doing it. Uh, I could have got a bus into Kadikoy, which is where the ground is, is based. Uh, I've only been stung once before when United played in um, Bucharest a couple of years ago, and I got a cab and the driver started getting on my case about how much tip I was going to give him and accused me of not being a gent by paying him £100 on top of the 12 quid taxi fare something ridiculous like that but usually switched on to how this type of thing works so it's Fenerbahce against United it's a game I'm really looking forward to I've seen United play here before but not in the new stadium which was rebuilt on the site of their old ground where I first went to in 1996 uh, the cab drivers just lit up um, a cig just to relax and then um, the the atmosphere is, is normally brilliant there'll be 50,000 people here there were 3,000 Penny Batch fans at Old Trafford and the noise they created was was pretty loud certainly until the goals started uh, flying in three huge clubs here three biggest clubs in Turkey, Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, Besiktas. Um, they've all got new stadiums and they're all very well supported and they tend to share the league titles out between each other. Uh, my first experience of watching football in in Istanbul was a bad one. I didn't see the game I'd come to see, so I hope there's not a repeat of that this time. Along with 164 of the United fans, I was in prison for doing nothing wrong for 24 hours had my passport taken off me forced to sign statements which I couldn't read but it's been much better uh, on subsequent visits and I really like it it's uh, it's a beautiful city I found the people to be, to be friendly they, they love the football and not that Manchester United's players will have that much time to interact with the locals um, they're ensconced in a hotel they do the training one or two of them do media and then they'll play the game and fly back to to Manchester for the four hour flight ahead of the game at Swansea on Sunday when I last watched United here in uh, 2012 I think it was against Galatasaray it was quite amusing at the end of the game uh, United had already gone through the group and they'd go on to play Real Madrid and get knocked out in Sir Alex Ferguson's last ever European Cup match but the final group game was in at Fenerbahce and United got beat they played a weakened side and uh, one of the local journalists said Mr Ferguson the first time you came here with Galatasaray you lost 20 years later you lost again 
has anything changed? And he just looked at him, Fergie, he was brilliant. And he said, yeah, I won the treble. Won 12 league titles. Um, won a European Cup in Moscow. Half Galatasaray gone on. It was the best put down I've seen. But it was uh, quite amusing. So, going to head to the ground now. And probably not going to advertise too strongly where I'm from. Well, clearly I don't look like a local. And maybe try and speak to some people. And hopefully make for an interesting podcast who knows what's in store first of all I've just got to get to the ground and get a metro and work out the metro map the second half's just started and the first half didn't go to plan at all for Manchester United we were a goal down after 90 seconds an incredible overhead kick from Moussa so he found himself space in between Daly Blind and Marcus Rojo. Um, Fenerbahce were content to counter in the first half. United saw a lot more of the ball and control. Wayne Rooney had a very good chance but controlled the ball poorly. The noise level, as you can hear, is very, very loud. It really is an ear-piercing shrill. Uh, the United fans number about 1,200. They're caged behind uh, very high fences. We can still hear them, but they really deserve to be seen better at form, especially away from home in Europe. Of the last eight games, United have failed to win once. I think the last win was in Bruges, and since that Bruges game, won one, lost seven. It's nowhere near good enough for Manchester United. Um, Paul Pogba's gone off as well, to add to the good news, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic has come on. So United really need to avoid defeat here because if Fenerbahce get the three points that'll put them above United in the group stage. So let's see how we, we go on for the second half. I am I'm optimistic that United can get a draw, but I'm always optimistic. I don't know why. Hey, what's your name? Um, it was good. What did you make of the game? Sorry. Well, keep coming. It's alright. I don't care. It was a great game. Yeah. Okay. Actually, it was 2 0. Then you scored the uh, goal. It was really funny. It would have been like 3 0, 4 0. Then all of a sudden it was 2 1. Yeah. And we're really happy that we won the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how big is it an achievement to beat Manchester United? It's a great. Yeah, it's just great. Yeah. Yes. And this is your grandmother? Yes, she's grandma. She's the oldest uh, Fenerbahce fan. How old is she? Um, she's around ninety-five. She's ninety-five years yeah, old. Yes, she, she she comes every game. Fantastic. Yeah. And and she's and from Istanbul. She's from Istanbul. Uh, actually, my son also comes to game, but it's today. It's very late, so. What he stayed at home. Um, what He's did three you, and a half. Wow. What did you think of Manchester United? Manchester United is a great team. Especially Mourinho now. Uh, he's really genius. And I love him. So I thought he might change the game. But at the end we won. So Who's going happy. throughout the group? 
Fenerbahce and I think Manchester. Um, with Steve Bates, well-known journalist from Manchester, we're both stood outside the Fenerbahce team bus, and you can definitely know that it's a Fenerbahce team bus because it's got Fenerbahce, Fenerbahce right along the side. Around the corner are lots of the players' wives looking very glamorous and waiting happily for their husbands, but we're not so happy. Uh, Steve, what did you make of Manchester United's defeat against Fenerbahce? Well, it was another another bad night in Europe, Andy, to be honest, um, and, and this is happening really regularly now on a, a kind of a far too consistent basis. Um, you know, Jose, before the game, said they recovered well after the final defeat and won the two home games. Yeah, well, you'd, you'd expect them to do that against that type of opposition. Uh, but it's it's a way in Europe where, you know, United just look a, a kind of a weak force nowadays. You know, there were days gone by, as you you know as well as I do, where you'd go away in Europe and United would uh, not only dominate matches with the ball, but they'd win games uh, in really difficult, more difficult places than Fenerbahce. You know, Fenerbahce, let's get it in perspective, they're not even in the top four in the Turkish Super League. So, you know, you have to, you have to sort of balance that out. Uh, at times, you know, t- tonight United seemed to be running around like headless chickens. There didn't seem to be a game plan, a pattern. Uh, I'm not sure the substitutions were uh, were properly thought through. And you know, it, it's, it's a depressing sin- scenario at the minute for United because you're looking at the teams above them in the Premier League, and everybody seems to have a plan. They play into a formula. Um, they're playing well. The players know what's expected. Doesn't seem to have clicked into gear with United at the moment, and that's really worrying. You know, as Christmas approaches, you'd have thought Mourinho may have. Um, you know, got a handle on what, what needs to be done. Okay, he's only had one transfer window. I'm certain that a lot of players here at the moment may not be here in a year's time. Uh, but he's still got an adequate squad for games like this in Europe. And, and um, a worrying aspect for me is the, the way United are conceding very early goals. Granted, tonight's was a wonder goal. Um, uh, but, but, you know, they're putting themselves on the back foot straight away. And, um, you know, a lot of fans have travelled here tonight and uh, will be going home disappointed. If I was a travelling fan now and not working in media, I'm not sure I'd want to be going these distances in Europe because United are just not offering value for money and they're not offering the fans any hope that things are going to get better anytime soon. I mean, it's not over yet in this group, of course, because United have got two home games left. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Since the win in Bruges last season, that's now one draw and six defeats from the last seven European games. It's not close to being acceptable. No, it isn't. And it's the same old, isn't it? We could have had this chat a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Maybe we wouldn't have lost so many games, but it's not getting any better. Nothing's changing. The worrying thing is, you know, uh, while nothing's changing on that front, things have changed on the managerial front. Van Gaal's gone now, it's a new manager. Yet still, nothing seems to have changed for, for the team in Europe. And, you know, it's quite depressing in a way that one time United were a feared name across Europe. At one time they wouldn't have even been in this competition anyway. Let's let's have it right. Uh, but now they are in this competition. You know, teams are getting up for these games. Um, you know, they're looking at when Burnley come to Old Trafford, pack defence, and uh, try to nick a result. Stoke, Stoke. This is this is what teams are doing now against Manchester United. Sadly, United at the moment don't don't seem to have an answer to, to, to break these teams down. Once again, you look at the possession stats. United lost possession. I don't know what the exact percentage was tonight. But it's the same tonight. with Van Hal. It's the same. It's the same with Van Hal. You'd rather have 
35% possession and a bit of cutting edge. United are, you know, all, all the things we said about Van Gaal's United, predictable, uh, pedestrian. Largely, this is, this is still what we're seeing, you know. OK, it will take time to change, um, but you would have thought by now you'd be seeing some signs of that um, uh, metamorphosis happening, and it's just not. And, um, you know, uh, Jose keeps saying the players are doing everything that's asked of them. Uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing tweets later on tonight that, you know, bad result, let's move on to the next game. But United always seem to be firefighting these days. Uh, you, you move on from one bad defeat to, to another must-win game. Swansea's now a must-win game. How, how, how many games for United now are must-win games? They're, they're kind of lurching from one sort of mini-crisis to another. And, um, you know, the depressing thing is there's no sign of a pattern emerging that will change it. You talked about the manager a couple of times. He cut quite a full-on figure on the side tonight. Not for the first time. Do you think he's all right? He doesn't seem to be himself. No, he doesn't. Um, you know, and, and I don't think he's helping himself either. You know, he certainly wasn't helping the team when he got uh, sent to the stands against Burnley for his attack on Clatton. Or a few days earlier, describing living in a hotel as a disaster. You know, choosing the word disaster, yeah, yeah. he's not going to help himself no, saying no, that. No. And it's not hard to get an apartment in Manchester. It is not. And um, you know, I think um, if United fans are looking for some uh, commitment, he's looking for commitment from his players. Now, you could argue on the, the flip side of the coin, if United are looking for commitment from the manager, then he's got to be, he's, he's, he's got to be finding some kind of, um, you know, a, a proper base for himself. Guardiola did it instantly with his family. OK, it seems Mrs Mourinho is not going to come to Manchester, she's not going to give up Mayfair or Ken, Knightsbridge or wherever he lives in London, she's not going to give up that, but he should be finding somewhere that is a bolt hole, bolt hole for him. Shouldn't be an issue. Shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't be, be a story. An issue. It, it's, it's, kind of, um, it's kind of noise around, you know, the, the real issues which are you know he's, he's not getting things right and uh, you know I'm, I'm absolutely certain that if it was one of his Manchester United players who was living in a hotel uh, and uh, moaning about that he'd pre pretty quickly have them in his office and demanding an explanation as to why they're not finding somewhere permanent to live so you know he has got a few things to address he isn't the same Josie I think he's feeling the pressure maybe of his own words pre-season where he said um, that um, you know got to forget the last three years and you know United got to remember who they are and, and they've got to be competitive for, um, for a, a crack at the league title this season that's maybe put himself under a bit They're of already wet, already also rounds after it. ten games. Miles off it, miles off. Not it. just They're, with points, not being unlucky. They're not scoring enough goals. He's scored thirteen goals and chipped quite a lot. Top scorer, got at least twenty-one. And you, you can't, you can't, you can't see that they're anywhere near. Um, uh, getting the uh, the pattern of play, the cutting edge that teams like City, Liverpool, Arsenal have got at, at the moment. Even Chelsea, even Chelsea have kind of overcome a, a kind of quietish start to the season and are now motoring away uh, back to their old selves. Where United are simply, as I said, stumbling on, and uh, you know it, it's really baffling as to with a group of players, you know, like they have. It's, it's a real wonder why they're not doing it, doing it. I'm walking away from the ground now, which is located in quite a wealthy area of this huge metropolis of, well, depends which figures you believe, between 14 and 21 million people. It's absolutely massive. And the cars are around me, they were just beeping the horns until I started recording, which is uh, the sort of look that I'm having at the moment. Not a single United player stopped to speak to journalists in the mix zone. 
You contrast that with Tottenham, four or five Tottenham players stopped the night before, even though they'd lost a game uh, too. I'm speaking English here, I'm not being a little bit careful because you don't know how everybody's going to react, but hopefully you can hear this okay. Another really disappointing United performance in Europe, another bad result. Uh, I agree with a lot of the things that Steve said and had the players not started coming through I was going to talk to him more about individual players and why they're not playing because it's alright pinpointing the manager he is the manager, he's the one who'll get the, the, the stick and the credit when things go right but he's clearly being let down by several of his players at the moment he was critical apparently in his post-match press conference when he talked about the mentality of the players apparently he'd said that it was like playing in a pre-season game and well that might be so but he's the manager he's the one who's got something to he can do something about that I, I do still think United will go through as I said at half time I tend to be optimistic and I should be able to beat Zoria away can't lose there and should be able to beat Feyenoord at home because like Fenerbahce at home United are stronger, at least they do win the home European games but the, the team that was once feared now is just a challenge, it's a giant which others keep knocking down it's really sad that it's come to this and I'm not feeling quite melancholy about it but on one hand I feel like I've seen the team I support win everything and I should be grateful for that because most football fans don't see the team win the league, let alone a European Cup, let alone a treble. And you know that it can't continue forever when it is happening. On the other, Manchester United are one of the three biggest clubs in the world. I don't think it's unreasonable to have high expectations when you've got the players of the calibre that Manchester United have got. And it doesn't seem to be getting much better. There's bright points. There's good runs of individual performances but you could say that for virtually any team in the world the total effort overall is that United are 8th in the table and that is nowhere near good enough for Manchester United and in Europe they're labouring as well they now need to win the last two games to get out of the Europa League this is not the Champions League, it's the Europa League a competition which United fans slaughtered for years and called it the preserve of Liverpool fans so it's all very frustrating it's half past midnight I'm going back to my hotel I've not been there yet but I rang this morning just to say that I might be coming late and it's a small hotel and the owner said that he was a Galatasaray fan and he said you should Manchester kill them tonight kill them kill them Unfortunately, Manchester United couldn't kill anyone tonight. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to get a four-hour flight back. Roll on Swansea. Can't get any worse, can it? It's the morning after the night before, and I'm in Istanbul Secondary Airport. Only took an hour to get here. Only took one hour, 40 minutes to come through security at the airport was advised to be here for three hours before. There's been a, a spate of bomb attacks in Turkey, and there was one this morning as I was having my breakfast. There was a, a bomb in the eastern part of the country, and there was obviously a famous bomb attack at Istanbul Ataturk uh, airport. 
uh, within the last year. So the queues are horrendous. There's people missing the flights. I bumped into three United fans, originally from Manchester, now living in Dorset in the Paul Bournemouth area. Kev, um, Ian and Andy, uh, lads who have seen a lot of different European away games over the years. In fact, we were just reminiscing about the glory days under David Moyes in Europe where <laughs> Manchester United hammered Leverkusen 5-1 with a brilliant performance. Drew in, in uh, San Sebastian against Real Sociedad. Drew in Shakhtar Donetsk in the Champions League. And then went to Munich and took the lead for the best 30 seconds ever when Patrice ever scored a rocket. Kev, you, you work as a boxing uh, trainer yeah. down in, in Dorset. You go to London a lot, but you obviously follow United. These are not good times for Manchester United. No, mate. It's, uh, we thought, obviously, I mean, under, under Van Gaal, things were a bit boring. Um, it wasn't the right football for United. But I really did. I, I was a Jose in man, you know. I fought Mourinho, and and I'm, I listen. It's too early to say different, you know. I, I said he needs two, three transfer windows. There's some lads that need to go, and there's some that need to come. Um, but the disappointing thing is, and and we, we was talking about it last night. Let's be honest. Even under Fergie, we had some dour aways, you know, some Euro aways that we weren't always electric. But last night was, you know. Uh, you look back at some of the Euros we've been on and it just, it kills you because you don't see us winning, you know, 1-0 down. Once upon a time, it was not a problem. Here we go, it's two minutes in, we're 1-0 down, you know, not a problem. But now, you're really, you, you, you worried, you think we're 1-0 down and you, you don't see us, you know, attacking. You don't see, I just don't think, on top of his best 11, I don't think he knows what kind of football he wants to play. I think he knows what we want and it's maybe not in his suiting, and he's he's trying, you know, to, to find a half and half. But it's uh, it, it's just it. Last night we said was the first time in we we've done now we're working out we're over 17 euros on the trot um, consecutively. So you've seen United win in Europe? Yeah, it's <laughs> happened. Yeah, I was there, <laughs> and. Um, it, we said normally, you know, one of the first things you say is that it's, it's all about the trip. It's all about the, the good time. We, we like me with me old man and me and me mates and me cousin. More than the football. Exactly, it's much more than that. But last night was the first time. It was a bit like spending a lot of money here, and this and it's not getting much better. Don't get me wrong. We, we'll keep doing it, but it was a little bit. Last night was a bit, you know, flipping it. Let it, let it, uh, let it go. <laughs> We stood by the duty free where they're very kindly giving away free whiskey samples <laughs> and uh, they're being in, indulged in. Ian, tell us about, just before you have another whiskey, uh, tell us about your trip so far when you came here. You see your MUFC tattoo on your forearm. Cost me a fortune. Cost, did you do it yourself? <laughs> my, mate, my mate did it in school. <laughs> How old are you? 14, I think. Yeah. 13, 13. In Eccles? Yeah. Yeah. And you just thought, I'm going to do it. It's a good idea. I had one there as well, but I, I did my mates rod and faces. But, uh, yeah, that was back in the day when we didn't have money for tattoos then. Do you know what what year mean? did you do that in? Blimey. It was 73. So you were going United then? 
young lad. First game was 69. Was it? Yeah, yeah, and my you, first game you're at Old Trafford. you travelling away in the 70s and stuff. Well, <clears throat> some of the best times we ever had was the glory days with uh, Tommy Dock. I mean, I used to hit, we used to hitch it up and down England um, from Haydock. We used to get along the, the East Lanks to Haydock. So you <clears> go from Eccles <throat> along the East Lanks to Haydock? Haydock. And then M6 southbound, you know, anywhere. You just put your thumb out? Yeah, absolutely. How did you get to Haydock? And again, just hitch it. Just hitch it? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes there was five of us, and we always used to manage it. There was five of us went to Wolves in the FA Cup, I remember that, we got beat. And um, it's just what you did. I didn't. I don't think I told my mum what I was doing, um, but we just went, we got together, and off we went, and said I was staying at my mate's house, and I got home when I got home. And then after the game, you'd hitch back? Yeah, yeah. We did it quite a lot. One time we didn't hitch it back, we reached it down to Cardiff. We got down there, and... Um, we weren't going to come out at the train station at the end of it. It wasn't a very pleasant area, so we actually jumped on the train coming home. So that was in the 70 when United went down that season? That's right. There was a lot of trouble at Cardiff, wasn't there? <clears throat> well, as I say, this is the thing now. Oh, that, that, was, that was naughty, that one. That was particularly bad. But we didn't see it as trouble. It was fun days away, you know. Uh, it was great that the United Special would pull in and you get all them reds piling off all at once. And Singing. The, the noise was Waving great. the scarves. Well, and, and there's something about railway stations. Yeah. It has an acoustic value and oh mate it was great there was nothing better than that so you i think it's brilliant anyway when you arrive yeah in a foreign city even a foreign city in england you just announce that you're here absolutely the boys are in town yeah probably the best footage i've seen on youtube in recent years is napoli arriving at roma termini for a game mm-hmm. it took like three thousand of them just march through the station they're all singing i've just yeah. Yeah. deeply envious oh. i imagine that's what it was like with united <clears throat> with the special because it used to be cheap as well on the special i mean it was a proper cattle truck you know what i mean there was oh, no i've been on them yeah, yeah there was no where, where they served the the food behind like a, a metal food yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> all right <laughs> Ma- all right Ma- mars bars and soft drinks yeah. served from within a cage yeah absolutely if you were lucky if, if there was anything lucky. left if it hadn't been looted first you know uh, on an old British Rail rolling a stock. A that's what they were, weren't they? It absolutely, it was. And, and that's all it was designed for, carrying livestock. I no. caught the tail end of them in the early 90s, I can yeah. remember. But they would take you right to the ground. So if you go to Villa, it'd pull up at Whitton Lane Station. Abs- outside it, absolutely. You was always close in You there. didn't itch to Istanbul? No, no. <laughs> Tell us about we, your trip. Oh, we, we've elevated a little bit. We've, we've done some drives. I mean... We, We've, we've drive to, oh actually yeah this one Jesus we've driven a few times if we can because we live down south yeah. we can get the channel under so yeah. we've driven to Belgium Holland, Germany uh, we've had some great trips and we fill up the boot coming what, on the glory days under Moyes did you drive to Leverkusen <laughs> we were there yeah. we were there absolutely when United scored five <laughs> but, but this one this one you know yeah usual routine and then on Tuesday Wednesday morning half past ten email from United travel arrangements you need a visa what? So then I find out I needed a visa. Then I checked my passport. I haven't got six months on it. I've been to London yesterday yeah. to get an emergency passport. The same day, £128. Yeah. Up to London for the day. These two had to come through from Dorset, up the M3, M25. I got a tube out to Cockfosters. They picked us up from there. Then we got on the plane. This is what we do for United. So... Emergency passport? Well, not emergency, it had to be done in, in yeah, four hours, you got it for, yeah. You pay for it, but yeah. I didn't even know until yesterday morning that yeah. I'd have to do that. Oh, sorry, Wednesday morning. Um, 
and that's you, you need six months in the in your passport to get a Turkish visa because you get your Turkish visa when you arrive, don't you? When yes. you when you, but so United flagged that up and said you. No, they didn't flag it up. You just a, saw it. No, and in fact, I phoned United to, to say, "Is this right? We need a visa." And the lad said, "No, no, no. You don't need that, mate. Don't worry about it." I said, Are "You sure? It says it because it's a link to a government website. It was a link to a government website." It was when you go on there, it said. So I said to the lad, it says here, you need it. No, no, no. I said, will you check? He said, OK, I will. He's gone for two or three minutes. He'd come back and said, you're absolutely right, mate. I'm sorry. He said, you do need a visa. So you sit, you went to London, passport office, four hours, 128 quid, yeah. and they sorted it. Absolutely. And so glad I came. <laughs> I, I once went to watch United in Cape Town, 2008. Swap planes in Paris. Went to get on the connection to Cape Town. Got told there wasn't two three pages in my passport and they won't let me on the plane missed the flight had to go to the british consul in paris and they were fantastic mm. gave me a new passport like you had flew there a day later arrived 20 minutes before kickoff <laughs> in cape town well this is i can't even remember the score well, we, you know we are united we'll do what we want i mean we will manage we will get there and i was tempted to come but it's a long way to go to find out, no, you've finally hit a brick wall, you yeah. know what I mean? So I thought I'd take the safer option. And, uh, but usually we'd have, we'd have lagged it somehow, you know. But that's what we do. And maybe I'm old school, maybe I'm a bit blind to it. You know, we are united. We just, it's through thick and through thin. You know, we'll just be there, we'll just do it. As he says, as Kevin well, said. It is. I mean, it's just what I've done. You can't explain this to people. You know, we'll be, oh, what about the game? It was, what? oh, yeah, there was a football match, wasn't there? But it's not all about that, as we know. As I say, how, you wouldn't come if you looked at our record in, in European away games. You just wouldn't bother. Do you think United will ever win again in Europe? <laughs> I said to Kevin, believe me, mate, when Fergie went and things started nosediving, and it hurts, of course it hurts. And I said to him, unfortunately, I'm old enough to know that it doesn't last forever. I was there, I was on the pitch in 74, you know, and we went down. The world had ended. The amount of people who threw the season tickets back, you know, I'm not watching this rubbish anymore. But, and then what happened the next season? Brilliant. Oh, mate, absolutely. It turned us round. It made us again. We were reborn. Still took a while to win things and all that, but this is what it's all about. It's the fun. Parmy likes the idea of United being relegated, going to all those new grounds, just getting rid of all the wankers who've started supporting United. Who, 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 I don't even think they support. They just demand wins all the time. It's not, it's not a natural state of mind for any football fan because most football teams don't win anything. Name a team that does, no. You know, name a team United that used every to. Game. <laughs> Liverpool used to a long, long time ago. Can you remember when Liverpool won things? <laughs> I am unfortunately that old. That's, yes. that's why I say with with the um, in regards to you know the, the match and what we're watching and what we're playing. I say this all the time to lads. I mean, where we live down south, obviously, I've been brought up there for, for half my life, and it's a mixture. It's you got Leeds, Liverpool, um, you know, suddenly, suddenly now there's City. There's even a Leicester City fan down there now, but you all get it. Ah, oh, why'd you waste your money going on that? And I say, listen, I've been brought up the right way. I said, when United are shite, I'll be there. When we're winning, I'll be there. I said, it doesn't matter to us. I said, and you'll never understand that, you know. And that's why, they, they, I mean, they love it. They can't wait for it. We get a lot of shit when we're back home. You know, when we come home, we get a lot of, uh, oh, you, you've lost again, you know, you've done this, you've done that. I say, listen, it's not about, it's not about, I'm not a United fan just because we're winning stuff, you know. I'm brought up from the right out. He was there running around Leighton Orient, you know, and, and teams like that. Like I say, sometimes you think it's nice to prove to people, you know, no matter what's going on, we will be there. 
Well, of course, it's nice to win. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Andy, another Mancunian living down in Bournemouth. What's it been like in Bournemouth this season with Bournemouth fans? Because they've got a Premier League team now. Their average crowds have gone from 4,000 to 11,000. Are there loads of people just latched onto the Bournemouth? Yeah, they've got a lot, of, um, a lot of supporters who support two teams there. Right. You know, you'll see them one week with a Liverpool shirt on, and next you'll see them in the crowd watching Bournemouth, you know. Uh, it's a bit of a buzz in their town. It's yeah. good, good for the town, really. Yeah. You know, it's a small town. It's it's good for them. Is it a football there. town? Uh, not. Really, I wouldn't. I haven't been there long enough to yeah. say whether it is or it isn't. You yeah. know. Yeah. For me, it's it's small. It's it's been good for him. It's been good for him, but footballing. And great for you for an away game. <laughs> yeah, we've been there a few times, haven't we? So, what have you made of United this so far this season? Uh, a bit stop-start, aren't they? You know, you had that buzz when Mourinho's coming in. You think, obviously, we're going to take off from it from last year with Van Gaal, but for me, it's just been stop-start. It's, we've, he's not found the right team yet. He's not, like, the, the football we're playing, it's not great, is it, at the moment, you know? Hopefully, he picks up, gets more players in January and goes on from that. What have you made of Istanbul? Tell us what you did. You got here the night before the game. Where did you go? Uh, uh, we just we got in at 7... Was it seven? Was it? We got in in the morning, so right. we just. So you went flew to... through the night. Yeah, yeah, we flew four. Oh, that was a buzz. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> On a full plane, plane from no Stan... spare seats. Yeah. yeah, a full budget airline from Stansted, having yeah. driven up from Bournemouth, arriving yeah. at seven a.m. in Istanbul. <laughs> yeah. Sounds absolutely wonderful. Yeah. So, what did you do the day of the game? Sleep. We, uh, yeah, we slept in the morning, then we went out in the afternoon, had a kebab. <laughs> <laughs> what was God. it like? The kebab? Oh, it was amazing. They are, aren't they? Yeah. Un- Hundred and what was it? Six hundred and fifty slid off. Yeah. For a kebab and a few stars. No, no, it can't be six fifty. That's yeah. We had a six yeah. Oh, for all of you. Yeah. What the world's most expensive That's kebab? Exactly. That's seventy five quid. Okay, so three of you. Yeah. What three kebabs for seventy five quid? Plus, plus drinks. Yeah. I reckon you might have had a beer. <laughs> yeah, we had a couple. Um, describe the atmosphere in the United. End. It was all right. Yeah, it was good. Not as good as normal, obviously. One. Want as many as what we normally get. Twelve hundred in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was good. It was good. And in the ground, it was brilliant, wasn't yeah. it? The noise, atmosphere was really good. I love watching Loud. football in Turkey. Yeah, yeah. I was looking forward to this one. Like Olympiacos for me has been one of the best for atmosphere. It was unbelievable. Just a shame about that. Was uh... yeah, that was a bad result as well. But yeah, obviously I was expecting a better atmosphere there. But never mind. Are you optimistic finally about? United under Mourinho, there's clearly a lot of very good players there. It's just not clicking at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it clicks soon, soon rather than later, and we go on from there. Thanks yeah. for your time, all of you. Have a safe journey back. Your flight's delayed. Did you know that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, so's mine. Nice one, Andy.